previously on Sin and Solace. My name is Jeremiah Sinclair. Somebody's got to die. I tire of this game, Jeremiah. I have everything that I needed from you. You have served your purpose. At this point, what is stopping me from killing your whole family? I really don't know, Treadwell. At this junction of the relationship, you clearly have the upper hand. Why don't you tell me what is keeping them alive? Well, to be completely honest with you, nothing. We lost the last line of peace when your daughter lost that last finger on her left hand. By the way, she's not bleeding to death. You're welcome. Well, what are you waiting for? Pull up that address and let's go. Solace. I'm... I'm done. I'm sorry, what? I'm through. I'm leaving this life. This was all so unnecessary. All this death. All this killing. All this... Everything. Sin, I don't know how to tell you this, but... Man up, nigga. You sound like a bitch right now. All these missions, I've been telling you that you're doing wrong, and you always had an excuse. And now that we're at the finish line, now that we can get your family back, the only thing standing in the way is your conscience? Nope, fuck that. It ain't your conscience, because I'm not standing for this shit. You better man up and get them back. If you think you can just shut down now, you got another thing coming. I don't care if I gotta ride your ass like Zorro. You gonna get them back. Now get the fuck up and do your job! They... They took her finger. So take their lives! That's the way it has to work. They take from us, we take from them. Welcome to the conclusion of your job. If you didn't want to do this, then you should have gotten the post of the pizza boy or something. No one for her. Dylan Gillette walked into the restaurant, looking around furtively as if she was making sure she wasn't tailed. I took a look at Dylan. In the week since the last time I'd seen her, not much had changed. She was still stomping around in fatigues and boots, and her messily arranged brunette hair was reminiscent of an electrical shock. But I wasn't concerned about her looks. I was concerned with her accessories, which were currently in a duffel bag at her feet. By the way, this was an absolute bitch to get through airport security. I just think you may want to know that. I'll pay you extra. So... Out of curiosity, how'd you get a pass him? I didn't. I paid a baggage handler a little extra, and I gave him a pound of white widow. You owe me $600, by the way. Heated seats, huh? Life of luxury. <laughs> well, no one told you to rent a wreck. Rent? Yeah. Didn't you rent that thing? Goodness, no. I bought that bitch. Straight cash, no receipts, no questions. I offered the man $3,000 for it, 
and he jumped at the chance. I don't even think it was originally for sale. Kept your name out the paperwork, no credit cards, and no receipts. Good idea. Great job. Yeah, I know. You also owe me $3,000. Wow. Those same feelings are still there. Okay, so $3,800 total? Well, there's also a matter of my per diem. Food isn't free, you know. While I appreciate the food you bought me just now, I'm a grown woman. I'm going to want $200 for food. Also, I bought you a 9mm Cobra Mac 11 fully automatic machine gun and 4,600 icicle bullets already placed in the 32 round clips. That's 143 clips plus some spares for your pistol. And as you requested, I also bought 12 flashbang grenades and 20 pressure sensitive mines. One question. Who pissed in your chicken noodle soup? The same guy who wanted to kill you. Oh, that asshole. Can I come? So, what is your plan anyway? This is pretty much it. Find the clues, find my family, and kill Treadwell. Three-step program. Okay. We stood in silence. This elevator is taking a while, isn't it? When we came up initially, it sped to the top. If we are the only people here, then the elevator should get here just as quickly. Shit. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. We looked at the number on the elevator's LCD display increase slowly, pausing at that number for a moment, then moving on, until it got to the 55th floor. After that, it started rising at a rapid speed. Run. We ran down the hallway to the end of the corridor. Once we reached it, I laid down the prone position. Dylan got down, steadied herself on one knee, and took aim. Level one. Fight. Do you realize that you've been talking to yourself? And out loud. And I don't mean like regular people reminding themselves to get milk when they go to the store. You full-on argue with yourself. I know. That's not associated with sleep deprivation, is it? No. You aren't going to tell me more, are you? No. Okay. Well, while you were asleep, your phone rang. Okay. I pulled out David's phone to see if there was a message from Treadwell. My stomach sank at the thought of penalties. No, not that phone. The other one. You really need to step up your technological game. I'll upgrade that game once we end this one. Right. Okay. It's up. Is there an address? Yes. I took the phone out of her hand and took a look at the information. You have to be shitting me.
It's Jeremiah Sinclair. This game is almost over. Silverton, is that where we're going? Hello? Are you in there? Sam? Yeah. What is it about Silverton that has you so shook up? You act like it's somewhere important. It's near where I grew up. Right over the bridge, actually. So? That just means that you're familiar with the area. What are you waiting for? Let's go. I... You what? You know, if I didn't know any better, I think you were scared of these guys. No. It, it isn't that. It's just... If you aren't scared, then what's with the hesitation? You know that he who hesitates is lost, right? Yes. Now we have a clue. And a big one. We have to act on it before they move to God knows where. Let's go. It's... It's just... You said that before. If you'd stop talking... I explained. I stood up and paced the room. It had been a wearying 11 hours, buttressed by a series of events and encounters that had steeled my heart against any surprises, any diversions, any doubt. I'm an assassin. I was the best. I pursued my guests, which is what I called my targets with an unerring drive. While I never planned on killing anyone other than the guests, I never left a witness. This is the way I was, the way I've been ever since Solace. But that all changed after I made a huge error, one that I could have never seen coming. In my pursuit of a target, I failed to confirm that the package that he was in possession of was the correct data needed to fulfill my objective. A trifle in most situations, but this trifle cost my client's company unknown billions of dollars and sent my life spiraling down an endless line of maladies. I was requisitioned by that client, Mark Treadwell, or should I say propositioned by him to retrieve more data and information for him. And I had no choice but to agree because he held a bargaining chip unlike any other. My family. I went around the United States, barely giving myself time to reorient to the different time zones before barreling off to obtain the next packet for Treadwell. Without direction, I initially chose to kill the people holding the items. After all, I'm an assassin, not an errant boy. But as time went forward, I saw that the people who were involved in these transactions were not the villains. Treadwell was. He was the one who was using these people, their talents, to build what seemed to be an army. The reason for the army was yet unknown. What was known was that to ensure that I procured the packages for him, he had a man known only as Clements mutilate my daughter. Allegedly, 
The physical damage was not life-threatening. The psychological, though. I don't think you're the one to discuss psychological damage. Trevor Solace Salento never knew when to shut up. He was short, stocky, brash, caustic, and outspoken. He was my best friend and had been since we were very young kids. He was also dead. Silas's death shook me to my core, and without a family of my own, losing that one friend, that brother, that Silas, was devastating. In my haste to retreat from a town that never gave me anything, but took everything I had ever loved, I fled to Silverton, a town a few miles down the road. I stayed in a receiving home for boys for a few months until I got tired of fighting everyone and left. I never looked back. But here I was, presented with an address for a town that I never really knew, yet loathed all the same. What reason would Treadwell have to be located there? Okay, fine. I'll stop talking. Thank you. Oh, too funny. Look, you said you wanted me to be quiet and you would explain everything. I shut up, so you talk. <sighs> this address is... It's the neighborhood near where I used to live. So you should know this place like the back of your hand then, right? I always hated that saying. Well, I wasn't there for that long. What, what do you mean? I got kicked out. Your parents kicked you out of your house? No. My parents were dead before any of this ever happened. I'm going to assume that you aren't filling me in on that story either, are you? Someday. Not now. Okay. Well, then in that case, what's the whole that? It's just startling, you know, that this man could be so close to my home. That such... Such... That such evil can't exist? Kind of. Or that such evil can't exist so close to where you reside? I think that's more like it. Damn. What? You have nerve. Is this going to turn into the whole, I called him evil, but I'm an assassin, so who am I to judge talk? Well, it was, but... From the sounds of it, you already heard and read that script. Yeah, I've had that discussion before. Trust me, it doesn't go anywhere. Shut up. And I gotta mention, that talking to yourself thing is really starting to get to me. Sorry, I'll try to keep it to a minimum. Thanks, please do. We walked out to the car and drove to the airport.
When we arrived, Dylan hopped out the car and said, I'll meet you in Silverton. How do you plan on getting your stuff past security this time? Oh, I have my ways. <laughs> None of them, it seems, are cheap. Okay. Be safe. Dylan and I parted ways, and I purchased my ticket back to Silverton. Hey, while we're there, can you do me a favor? What would that be? Can you go past my old girl's house? Why would I do that? Because, man, I have a feeling that she is still fine. Solace, you are my conscience. Some philosophical types will say that you were but a figment of my imagination. So? So, you aren't real. And neither is your desire to see your old girl. Then in that case, why are you thinking about my girl, man? Get your brain out of her chest and get into the game. Right. We boarded the flight and flew to Edison Municipal Airport. So now what? What? Don't play. Now what? We have the clue. We have the location. Now we need a plan. Do you have one? Not yet. Oh. Do you have one? Oh. I see. So you just gonna put this one squirrely on my shoulders, huh? You ain't got nothing, so let's see what good old Sally has for us. Hey, Silas, come up with a plan. Hey, Silas, keep me from doing dumb shit. Hey, Silas, pick that cotton. Hey, Silas, buzz up that there chiffero. Silas. What? You're Mexican. What? Nuh-uh, man. Do not tell me what I am. I am clearly Spanish, like in temperament and good looks. I am Spanish. You are five feet, four inches tall. So? You were clearly leprechaun-like in height. That doesn't make it so. You are Mexican. Man, why are we beefing? You started it. We walked out to the rental cars, and when we arrived, Dylan was standing in the parking lot, smoking a joint with a shaggy-haired guy. I whistled at her, and she nodded in my direction, took another hit from the joint, and handed it to the man. Thanks, Elmer. As she walked towards us, I saw the look of confusion on the man's face, and realized with a laugh what was going on. <laughs> His name isn't Elmer, is it? No. He told it to me, but it was while I was smoking. I don't remember much of anything when I'm in the zone. Do you remember if he told them your real name? As far as I can recall, he thinks my name is Libby. What the fuck is a Libby? 
cool. Let's go. Dylan placed her duffel bag in the trunk and walked around to the passenger side of the car. She looked at me over the top of the roof. You owe me another $3,000. I'm sorry, what? $3,000. Why? What in the world did you purchase on a flight from there to here that cost $3,000? Shit. I didn't even know they sold Don Perignon on board flights nowadays. Oh, um, I didn't buy anything. Then why? My car. Your car? Yeah, my car. To get the guy at the airport to let me on the flight along with my stuff, I had to give up my car. The rent wreck. That $3,000 rent wreck. I gave him the keys and he let me on the flight. You, sir, owe me 3000 bucks. Hold on. Aren't I already reimbursing you for purchasing that car in the first place? Yes. And now that you sold it... Gave it away. Right, right. Now that you gave it away, you want me to give you another $3,000 for what? I don't know. Uh, it made more sense when I was smoking the bow. Ladies and gentlemen, your brain on drugs. Get in. I'm not giving you another $3,000. Well, what if I told you it was tax deductible? Buckle up. I started the car and drove off. No GPS this time, huh? Nope. You know exactly where this place is? More or less. A man with a plan. I like that. So, what is the plan? Shit busting. Shut up. Talking to yourself again, huh? I drove the 28712 winding way in the heart of Silverton. When we arrived, I sat in silence, thinking about how close I was to the end of this journey. My family was within my reach. I just had to go in and get them. This is a nice house. Yeah, it is. The house is a two-story single-family dwelling is set further back from the tree-lined street. It looked to be situated on an acre or so of land, and the landscaping was immaculate. This is a location where every single call from Treadwell had come, where countless threats and evil actions against me, against my family originated. The fact that this beautiful house masked such an ugly evil took my breath away. Come on, let's go in. Hold on. Do you have a plan? Yeah, I plan on winning it. Let's go do some damage. Dylan opened the door to the car and stretched. She then walked to the trunk and pulled three guns out of the duffel bag. She handed me one, 
place another in an ankle holster, and close the trunk with her left hand because the third gun was in her right. You aren't going to conceal that. Why? According to the haunted look on your face and the situations we have been in already, I fully expect to be shot in the head as soon as I walk through that door. Now, since I already made up my mind that I will be shot in the head upon entrance, I have decided that my only recourse is to have a gun in my hand, my dominant shooting hand, by the way, so that if my brains are made to evacuate my head upon entering said domicile, I will be able to fire off two to three shots blindly before I die. Now, hopefully, I'll hit whoever shot me in the throat, or else my bullet will hit a cable that was holding a huge chandelier aloft, and the chandelier will fall on them and crush them. Are you still high? No. Clear as a crystal ball. Now, let's go. We walked across the street, dealing with her Kimber, me with my Cobra. We reached the front door and paused. Are we knocking? Why announce ourselves? I took a step back, preparing to kick the door down, when Dylan tapped me on the shoulder. And uh, you ever thought it may already be unlocked? And with that, she reached out, turned the doorknob, and walked in. What made you think of doing that? Neighborhoods like this? I doubt people ever lock their door. We walked into the house and closed the door. The house was silent, with the exception of a piano being played upstairs. I motioned to Dylan to stay quiet, and we went to the stairs. We walked up, and when we reached the top, we were in a loft area facing five closed doors. Each one held no outward clue of what was inside. Or who. Dylan went to each door, pressing her ear against it, listening for movement. The room that held the piano music was a second from the left, and Dylan motioned for me to flank the door. I walked over, and she prepared to breach it, pistol in hand. Dylan opened the door, and we entered the room. It's empty. Indeed. The room was empty, save for a CD player that was playing the classical works of Johann Brahms. We walked back into the loft area, and I immediately went to the door furthest to the right. I opened the door and walked into the master bedroom. It was empty as well with the exception of a drawing of a rainbow. The drawing had heavy crayon markings indicative of a child's work. One end of the rainbow was heading into a dragon's mouth and black clouds surrounded it. The other end of the rainbow was sunny with two children standing in front of it with Lachey. better part of the day 
I gave you a hint that would help out. Did it help? I found something even better than a clue. I found a warp zone. Indeed. Into an empty castle. We have our ways. Do you have a way out is the question. What? Do you really think that we would not expect you to go there? Listen, Treadwell may think you are slow, but not stupid. Personally, I'm shocked it took you that long to get there. What do you want? To welcome you to the next level. By the way, time is running quite short. Have you looked at your watch today? I hadn't. Since I made the phone discovery, to be exact. Did they expect that? Was I supposed to be here? Wasn't I? But I thought... I bet you thought you had the drop on us, didn't you? You were going to head us off at the pass, weren't you? Well, I kind of hope so. Whoa there, cowboy. I don't think you understand how this game is to be played. You will do what we lead you to do. If you didn't get it from us, it doesn't happen. Do you understand? I'm going to kill you. Say that again. I dare you. I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to kill your son. What? Time is up. I have been asked to thank you for playing, but your time is up. I'm supposed to tell you what you've won. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Nothing. But what you have lost. Oh my. What you have lost. I'm not doing this again. Neither are they. Game over, Mr. Sinclair. Simulcast.